0: They were kind of. um, When I was a student, he was kind of one of these like people we all looked up to, Um, and so uh, and some of you older folks here may remember Peter spoke here a number of years ago, and we've actually had another pastor from Open Door Church as a guest speaker. So John is actually our third speaker uh, from Open Door Church. So we're kind of, you know, making good use of that uh, church uh, for ourselves. So uh, we're thankful for the ministry of that church uh, to us. Um, John is the lead pastor, as you can read in the uh, booklets of the english speaking congregation of open Door Presbyterian Church in Virginia. and uh, he is a native of Virginia uh, and he has been at that church for twenty years, uh, which is longer than i 've been at this church and so I know that 's a really a long time and a blessing it is to have someone uh, with a congregation for a long time and i had a chance to uh, speak with uh, Pastor John uh, before um, you all came, and the thing that really, uh, one of the things that really impressed me uh, in listening to him is just the the pastor's heart that he has. Uh, He shared with me that he only spends two Sundays away from his church a year because he wants to be there for his congregation, and so uh, we're only one of two churches that get to hear him every year, so, you know... (laughs) And we only got him because we, we booked him really, really early, like right, right when he was available for the next year's uh, you know scheduling. So we're so thankful that he's here. Uh, I know he has uh, great messages for us to hear, and I uh, want to just take this time just to pray uh, for him, for us, uh, as we get to uh, listen to the word. Uh, John, if he's... Yeah. So let's, let's pray together. God, thank you so much uh, for, for John, for Pastor John, for uh, him to be here. Uh, for the words that you have uh, given him uh, for us. We ask that you would speak mightily through him. God, help us to open our hearts to hear your word move in your spirit in us, so that we may deepen our faith and love for you and for your people, so that we may widen our friendships with one another. And God, that we might be challenged to expand the ministries and the life to which you have called us. And so God, we lift up this time to you. We pray that we would just completely be immersed in you and in your word and with your people this weekend. And so, God, use your servant to speak to us. Speak your words to us. And in the hearing of your word, God, help us to obey and help us to trust. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you. you. Good evening. evening. It's uh, great to be here. Uh, with all of you. Uh, Thank you so much, so, so much for inviting me. Um, Our church have hosted, uh, we had hosted retreats like this, I think, for the past 15 years, and um, I know what it's like to come on a Friday uh, at the tail end of a really busy and hectic week. So uh, I know also Friday sermons, uh, Friday night sermons, The schedule tends to be chaotic, so uh, tonight's message will be a shorter message than usual, um, and I'll be working with Yuna and our retreat team so that uh, tonight could be a a very meaningful but also a shorter time for us uh, together. I thought it would be good to start by introducing myself uh, through my family, and um, all of you, you'll get to know me more and more throughout my messages, but especially... Uh, through my family. I like to just take time to introduce my family. So if we could have uh, that slide up. Is it up already? Okay, great. Um, So uh, I want to introduce my wife, Leanne. We met in college. We dated about seven years before we got married. We're celebrating our 20th year of marriage. Uh, She is a family medicine doctor, uh, so family practitioner. And her calling in life, her passion in life is healing. Uh, Healing through medicine and also healing through prayer. Um, So she's part of our church's prayer ministry. Three years ago, she opened her own practice where she treats patients medically. And then when opportunity allows at the end of the visit, she offers to pray for them. And uh, to this day, for all three years, no one has ever turned her down. So she gets to pray for her patients. And when opportunity allows, she also shares the gospel. And she's been able to do that on several occasions. What's been cool is that Saudi women, uh, for whatever reason, some discovered her. And in Saudi women culture, once they find something good, they tell all the other Saudi women. And so she gets a lot of these women wearing burqas, in her waiting room, and they open up to her, they share their stories with her, and she gets to uh, prescribe and and give whatever treatment, but she also gets to pray for them. Um, I don't know why they like her, but for whatever reason, um, maybe it's because she's short. She's 5'1", and uh, they don't feel as intimidated, but uh, that's my wife, Leanne. David... He's my oldest. He's 16. He's an introvert. He's very quiet in public, but he loves gathering his school friends. Um, So he's more of a gatherer, Uh, different occasions, events. Uh, He's part of his high school uh, Christian fellowship, and so he gets a bunch of them to just come out. Uh, Sometimes he hosts gatherings at our home. Uh, David has a gift of gathering, and that's a little bit about him. Noah, He's 14, he really likes computers, he plays League of Legend, and he likes coding. He eventually wants to be a programmer or a hacker that works for the CIA. Uh, That's all we know about Noah. He's mysterious and elusive. Perhaps he's already working for the CIA. (laughs) Hannah, dear Hannah, is 12, and she's my favorite. But I'm careful not to tell people except all of you who are in a different state. (laughs) So I try to be careful. Uh, I really try to be careful not to spoil her. Uh, She loves art, drawing, music, singing in the choir, and playing the ukulele. She's really different from the rest of us. She spends the most time connecting with my wife and with me. And she tells us that when she gets older, she either wants to live with us or live right next to us. Um, she's my favorite. <laughs> so that's a little bit about me through my family, um, more about our family. If we could go to the next slide, the theme of our retreat is follow me. It's the most amazing words of Jesus. And why I wanted to speak on different areas here during our time together, different areas of our lives where we could see Jesus and where we can follow Jesus. The reason why we want to take this time is because if you're like me, our lives are so busy. There's so many things going on. We just forget this most basic invitation and call for Jesus to follow him. And so we want to take time in different areas of our lives to follow Jesus. So with tonight's talk, I wanted to start with a movie. This was a movie that our family watched. It was a movie called Tangled by Disney. In this movie, Rapunzel was born, the daughter of the king and the queen of the land. She is the princess of the land, destined to grow to help govern the land, but then she's tragically kidnapped by the villainess who locks her up in a tower and tells her a lie. She basically tells her that she cannot leave this tower and that the world out there is dangerous. And so Rapunzel grows up believing this lie. And she basically turns the tower into her world. She, tur- she utilizes every piece of, of that tower. She starts drawing things. She starts setting up things so that that tower could be her world. And what's so tragic is that she doesn't realize the world outside is the real world. And that she's the princess. But here she was, bound. And she wasn't bound physically because she had long hair. She could have climbed out of the tower. She was bound by the words that were spoken to her. When I watched this movie, I was floored by this movie. And I was wondering to myself, what, what, what did I grow up believing? What's my tower? In what ways am I bound? And on the way home from the theater... My wife and I, we were just whispering. We are just talking about this movie because both of us were so profoundly impacted by this movie. And so we started wondering, what do you think our kids are growing up hearing from us? So I did something I regretted as soon as I asked our kids in the back seat. As I was driving, I said, "Uh, hey guys, do mom and do we say something... In what ways have we said things that have impacted you? And the kids were quiet. They were, at that time, nine, seven, and five. What did we say that have impacted you? How have we shaped you with our words? Hannah was five, so I don't think she even understood the question. Noah, he was still mysterious. He didn't say anything. (laughs) David was nine. He said, you both... Give us a lot of rules. I worry that I'll mess up. And then he was quiet. The power of words. The next slide. The power of words. Tonight's message, follow me. Our father's speaking to you. I want to look and explore the power of words, not just the words that we hear growing up, but the words, and we'll look at this in tonight's passage, the word that the Father has spoken to us. So I want to begin with this very simple exercise. If you wouldn't mind just closing your eyes, think back to when you were eight, seven, eight, nine, maybe 10 years old. Whose voice did you hear growing up? And what did that voice say over and over again? What words or phrase did you hear repeatedly growing up? What was the tone? What was the setting in which you heard those words? What did you hear growing up? If we could have the next slide. What did you hear growing up? And you could now open your eyes. If you heard growing up orders, commands, instructions, chances are good today you're more of a performance-oriented person. If you heard things like, don't do this, be careful, don't do that, don't go there, then you probably grew up a bit more cautious, careful not to mess up. If you heard nothing growing up, because words and people were absent, then wow, there's a lot there to unpack. Whether you heard words of anger or temper, words of comparisons, did you ever hear that growing up? Words of putting you down. We've all heard words spoken into our lives, and whether we like it or not, they've shaped us. And some counselors, people will say that the words we heard as kids growing up become our inner voice. My wife, Leanne, grew up hearing a very strong voice. It was her father's voice. Her father was a very authoritarian, uh, opinionated person with a very strong temper. He's changed, by the way, today. So much because of of Christ in his life. But back then, he was very strong in his voice. And so my wife grew up hearing a very loud, dominant, authoritarian, controlling voice all throughout her childhood, teenage years, and even into college. And as a result, she grew up believing that she had no voice. Could you imagine that? she carried with her this sense of insignificance that what she wanted to say did not matter. And so picture her going through med school, going through residency, attendings are asking questions and my wife is just quiet. Imagine her and myself married and she doesn't really express what's going on. There are things that I do that bother her, and she never tells me until a month later when she's in tears and she starts telling me what I've been doing wrong or how I've hurt her. And I always look at her and I say with frustration, why didn't you tell me earlier? And for the longest time, she said she didn't know. It wasn't until about five years ago. This is this was so long. This is 15 years into our marriage where she said, you know what? I realized that I believed this, this lie, this, this whole thing where I just didn't have a voice. So I told her, you have a voice. You can speak into our marriage. You can speak to me and I will hear you. And so she, whenever I do something wrong, she tells me right there on the spot. <laughs> now she's really good at it. She has a strong voice. All of us have had a voice over our lives and we've heard words that have impacted and influenced us. And it's important to realize those voices, to realize ways that we've been impacted. For some of us, there's a voice of fear. There's a voice of failure, a voice of neediness, a voice of duty and responsibility. But what is most most important is that our father in heaven, our Abba, speaks over us too. And his voice is truth. And his voice is life. His words matter. They are spirit and they are life. All this leads to tonight's passage. In tonight's passage, Israel has not heard from God for four hundred to five hundred years. There have been no revelations, no prophecies, nothing. And now, finally, God Himself would speak for the first time. We would hear His voice. God would speak for the first time in four hundred to five hundred years, and listen to Luke chapter three, verses twenty-one through chapter uh, verse twenty-three, the first part, starting at verse twenty-one. This is the voice of the Father being spoken. The next uh, slide, number five. It says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Now, Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. I just want to point out the obvious that God's first words were deeply relational. His revelation of himself to Jesus and to all of us was presented as a relationship. The whole life and ministry of Jesus and how he saw himself, how he saw what he was called to do, was birthed out of what the Father said in the context of a relationship. And so God's first words to Jesus and also to us in our hearing were not commands, rules, expectations, roles, and responsibilities. He didn't start with a vision statement with missional you know steps and core values and habits and initiatives next slide our father spoke life-giving words of identity and love and approval this is my son whom i love with him i am well pleased our father speaks words of identity, love, and approval. Now, here in our passage, he's speaking to Jesus. And um, we're asking ourselves, okay, these are great words. But what does it do? What What do these words really do for Jesus? And some of us here, um, I have to confess, long time ago when I read these words, you are my son, whom I love. With you, I'm well pleased. I used to just think, ah, oh, this is really bad. I just thought, it's fluff. I mean, why? Big deal. You know, it's, it's God. God says loving things. It's Jesus. He's an amazing, perfect son. So why not say these words? But then you look at the life of Jesus, and you realize how each of these words impacted him. Do you know what happens right after this passage? Right after this passage, Jesus is taken into the wilderness, and Satan tempts Jesus. And you know what Satan says? Satan says to Jesus, as he's tempting him, if you are the Son of God, then do this. If you really are the Son of God, then prove it by doing this. And each time Jesus is able to refute it, because he has the Word of God, but he also knows who he is. And he knows that he is deeply loved by the Father, and already approved by him, so that the temptations aren't aren't much. It's not there to tempt him anymore. Jesus has nothing to prove and he has nothing to lose because he has everything in the Father. That means nothing can tempt him because he's secure in his identity. He has nothing to lose so that even when he's criticized and opposed by his critics, everybody's calling him, you know, all these names and all these things, they're accusing him of all these things. He doesn't care. Because he is approved by the Father and loved by the Father. When I think about this, I realize how Jesus, in those words, you are my son, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. How Jesus had everything he needed to live. And now you and I are part of this because in John chapter 7, the next slide, Verse 26, Jesus would die for us and would rise again from the dead and Jesus would give us a new life in him. And here's what Jesus prays in John chapter 17, verse 26. He says, I have made you known. He's praying to the father. I have made you known to them, us, and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. What John 17, 26 is saying is that Jesus is now praying that the way that the Father regards the Son and loves the Son and is pleased by the Son would now be the way that the Father loves us because we're now in Christ. So what does this mean for us? Next slide. It means that the Father speaks These words, these same words of identity, love, and approval over you and over me in Christ. Because we are now daughters and sons of God. What does that mean? That means that you and I are no longer orphans. That means that you are not, no longer defined by any lacking. It's no longer a lack of respect, a lack of affirmation, a lack of direction, lack of approval, lack of love. None, none of that. Instead, you and I are defined by the fullness of everything we have in Christ. We're full of purpose and approval in Jesus. Full of love because of Jesus. When I was 35, um, I had a chance to be a part of a a leadership formation group. And um, part of the exercise of this group that we had to go through was for us to just uh, ask ourselves, what are the words that we say to ourselves? What are the things we believe about ourselves? And so for me, um, I remembered when I was 15 years old, my father had died of colon cancer, and I come from a family of six, uh, six kids. And so it was my mom, a widow, and six kids, including myself. None of us were working at that time. And so we all just had to start working. And I remember growing up from the age 15, the thing that I said to myself over and over again was, were these words, it's all up to you, it's all up to you. You have to make this happen. And it was perhaps one of the most devastating words that I could have carried with me throughout my life, especially, especially into ministry, to say to myself over and over again, it's all up to me. I have to make this happen. And these were words that I had to let go of and surrender to God Instead, I had to hold on to the words, actually, tonight's passage. I am God's son. He loves me, and he's pleased with me. I remember I had to focus on those words over and over again. Those words were my time in scripture for 30 days straight. I just focused on those words over and over and over again until they were a part of me. I had to ask God to teach me over and over again and show me that I am his son, that he, is, he loves me, and that he is pleased with me. So I'd like to ask you, not just growing up, but even today, What are the voices that you hear? And what I want to do is, the next slide, have a hearing test. This is number nine. What I like to do is go over with you probably voices that we hear often. So voice number one that we hear, that a lot of us hear, is work hard, and we're thinking about next week, next month, even. Does it go into next year? No. Next month. And then sigh. We're just sighing. The second voice we hear, got to get on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, and then we have to get on, just click and just see what's out there, what everyone else is posting. Voice number three, hey, what's everyone doing tonight? FOMO. You guys know what FOMO is, right? Fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. Yeah. Voice number four, Finances, right? Money, 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 bills, 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 things that we have to do. These are the constant voices that you and I hear every day. And so what I'd like to do is go through an exercise with all of you. And so uh, with this exercise, um, I'd like to divide us into these voices. And so uh, if we could have this group here and on over... If you guys wouldn't mind being voice number one, so if you could uh, just repeat after me uh, what voice one says, okay? So it's work hard next week, next month. <sighs> okay, work hard next week, next month. <sighs> so can you guys, would you mind doing that with me? Ready? One, two, three. Work hard next week, next month. <sighs> one more time. Work hard. Next week, next month. (sighs) Great. Voice two is right here. This group here. Got to get on Snapchat, Instagram, and Facebook. Click. Got to get on Snapchat, Instagram, and Facebook. Click. Got to get on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook. Click. Great. Voice three. Hey, what's everyone doing tonight? FOMO. Okay. (laughs) Ready? One, two, three. Hey, what's everyone doing tonight? FOMO. Okay, and the last group, the group remaining, money, 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 bills, bills, bills. Ready? Money, 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 bills, yes. bills, bills. Great, thank you. Now we're gonna do all four at the same time. <laughs> I'm gonna start pointing, and then you guys will start, start launching, okay? So group one, voice one, what? ready, set, go. Work hard next week, next month, Work hard next week, next month. Keep going. Group number two. Ready? Got to get on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook. Click. Got to get on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook. Click. Number three. Hey, what's everyone doing tonight? FOMO. Hey, what's everyone doing tonight? FOMO. Voice four. Money, 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 bills, bills, bills. Money, 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 bills, bills, bills. Great. This is life. (laughs) Great. Thank you. Now, unbeknownst to all of us here, and most of us except one person, um, there's actually a fifth voice. And um, this person uh, was reading this voice, out this voice, uh, the whole time while the other four voices were going on. And so i like to ask our brother if he could uh, stand. Hiki, um, great. Um, Hiki is uh, the voice of God <laughs> tonight. Um, so can you read to us what you had been reading the whole time while we were saying our voices?
0: Love I am so pleased with you and take delight in you. I want you to know that I'm with you right now with what's happening in your family. I know that there, are, there is brokenness in your family, but remember that nothing can separate me from my love for you. Receive my peace. Second, I want you to listen to me. That friend you ran into last peace I want you to text him right now and ask, ask how they're doing. Be ready to listen to and offer to pray for I'll take care of you. Now.
1: Great, thank you. How often do we hear a voice like that? Um, it's really hard. It's a beautiful voice. Um, but I think when we're busy hearing all the four other voices, and many more other voices, it's hard to hear what God has to say to us. Which leads us now to our last question here for tonight. How can I hear God's voice more clearly. Slide number 10. How can I hear God's voice more clearly? Well, the first is, is, so, uh, is very straightforward to us. It's to open our Bibles and to read the Bible regularly. God is speaking to us constantly, and he speaks to us today through scripture Um, There are Bible plans. There are ways for us to read Bibles, uh, our Bibles, in a systematic way. Uh, I'm sure Pastor David and the other pastors on staff here would all give just recommendations of how to read through Scripture. Um, But God speaks to us through the Bible, and we need the Bible because we need to be reminded who God is and how God wants us to respond to him, how God calls us to him. Um, there was a movie that came out. I, I don't remember when it was so long ago. It's a movie called, um, the notebook. Do you guys know the movie notebook? No. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's uh two characters. I forgot their name. It's so long ago. I don't Noah. Yeah. Noah and <laughs> Noah. And, um, I think it's, uh, Allie or something? Was it Ali Noah and Ali. So the, the story is that uh, it's a love story, and Noah is t- retelling the romance between him and Ali, and he uses a notebook. And what we find out at the end of the story is that this whole story that we had been watching, the whole movie, was him retelling a story out of a notebook. And the reason why he had to tell this story out of a notebook is towards the end of Ali's life, Ali had Alzheimer's. So she would not remember who Noah was, unless he told the story out of the notebook. And when I think about that, I think of how the Bible is God's notebook for us. And how I have spiritual Alzheimer's or spiritual ways of of just forgetting who God is and forgetting what God has told me. And I just need to come back and open the Bible, and it's, it's God's notebook for me. Whenever we come to God and we say to God, God, remind me once again who you are, who I am, what you want me to do. It's opening the Bible and asking God to speak to us. The second thing we can also do as we open God's word is ask for the Holy Spirit. To guide us as God speaks to us. The Holy Spirit in Romans 8 and Galatians 4 is a spirit of sonship, a spirit who reminds us that we are adopted as God's children. And so whenever I open the Bible, I ask God, God, Father, would you pour your spirit into my heart that I would remember and see that I am your beloved child and that you have adopted me. And so tonight, what I want to do is ask us uh, to prepare our hearts and to respond in two ways. And so if we could just bow our heads together in prayer. First, I want to ask if we could begin just this whole place of asking God, God, Father, what are the voices that I had heard, that I have heard growing up? What are the voices that have shaped me? And even to this day, even today, what is the voice that I hear? What are the words that I preach to myself? What are the words that I, that govern me, that control me? Is it words of obligation? Is it words of, of other people the demands of others. And if we could take some time to surrender these words and perhaps for some of us to choose not to follow these words depending on where they've come from and what they're doing in our hearts. And can we begin to replace these words and to allow God's words from Luke chapter 3, verse 22. You are God's child. He loves you. He is pleased with you. You are God's daughter. You are God's son. In Christ, he loves you. And he is pleased with you. And can we begin just embracing God through those words and hold on to those words? I'm going to give uh, just a moment for us uh, to pray on our own. And then afterwards, I will pray for all of us. And and then we'll close with a, a song of worship. But let's spend a moment in prayer. Father, we pray throughout the rest of this evening and even as we uh, prepare for bed and tomorrow and throughout the remaining time of this retreat, that you would reveal to us and open our eyes, help us to see ways that we have um, grown up hearing voices and receiving words in our lives. And we pray, Father, that you would help us to take all of our words and all of our thoughts captive under your Son, Christ. And Father, for us to perhaps surrender, even renounce, even confess, um, give up certain words, certain voices, and for us only to hold on to these words that we have heard tonight through your son, Jesus, that we are your children, your beloved, that you delight in us, you approve of us because of who we are in Christ. We want to pray for your Holy Spirit to remind us that we are adopted in your son, Jesus. We ask that your word throughout this retreat and even just as we read personally for ourselves would bring us back to remember your love for us. Bring us back to that place where we remember who we are in Christ. So thank you, Father, that these words that you've spoken to Jesus are words that apply and pertain to us. They're words you speak to us tonight, through your Son. It's in His name we pray these things. Amen.